a fight between Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson. It will guarantee fireworks. I'm the best, and I've been the best. When you get locked inside that octagon, nobody can come and save you. He's gonna get hurt. I want a real fighter. I want Tony. I love facing adversity. I love facing my fears. I 100% believe I'm going to knock him out. I'm going for the finish at all times. Once again, to the most must-hear podcast, Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. We are obviously going over UFC 249. Halla-freaking-lulia, we're going to have sports. This is the best. I do not have a guest with me, so this is officially the 100th episode. (laughs) I know I did 99.9 before, but now we're at 100, and we're going to have 100 more, and it's going to be awesome. I had put up my UFC 249, the MMA $100 giveaway, where if you go to my podcast page on Instagram, the rules are very simple. One, you got to watch the UFC event this Saturday. That's easy. Two, you got to follow me on Instagram. If you can correctly predict the winners of each of the fights in the comments and you tag three friends, you can win 100 bucks. So jump on the podcast get fired up and let's have a good time and let's let's break down these fights now for this i'm thinking i'm going to have to i'm going to give you the winners of all these so i'm thinking this might be a null and void if someone else picks my picks kind of messed up so when i do these picks i'm probably not going to go 6 and 0 so we'll see what happens but donald Cerrone versus anthony pettis this fight should be on the main card it's not it's on the pre-fight But we're going to talk about it because it's a great fight. Donald Cerrone enters this fight with a 36-14 and record. Pretty good. And Cerrone has split his last eight fights coming off of a January loss to Conor McGregor. It ended quickly. It was not a good look for Donald at all. So that's rough. Let's not go over all the bad stuff, though. Cerrone has some good things, man. He's got great leg kicks. He uses them to chop down his opponents. He's got good stand-up. Got a great submission game, so he's got a lot of things working for him. He has no fear, and he'll fight anybody. So the real question is, what Donald Cerrone are we going to get? Because when he went in, he's even actually been talking about this in some, some of his interviews that he's been saying, you know, sometimes I just don't show up. That's a problem. <laughs> but the way I'm looking at it, He didn't show up for the biggest fight of his career. Actually, he usually withers when the lights are brightest. There are going to be no fans here. So the lights are pretty dim. So I feel like we're going to get the good cowboy. So who's he fighting? Anthony Showtime Pettis. He enters this fight with a 22-10 record. That's phenomenal. 
Pettis has lost five of his last eight fights, though, and he's coming off of a January loss. So he's going to have to figure out that problem and fast. He's going to beat Cowboy. So what Pettis does well is he has vicious stand-up, and the thing is he's got one-shot power. He's not the most technical guy. He's pretty good, but he can end things very quickly. When he knocked out Wonderboy, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he was so far behind on the judges' scorecard, and he was going to lose. There was no doubt in my mind. He was getting pieced up on the feet, and he, like, jumps off the cage. Bang! He just smashes him in the face with, like, a Superman punch, and I'm like, how in the hell did he just pull that off? So he can end the fight whenever he wants, really, and these guys have actually fought once before, which nobody's talking about, but Pettis beat him. It was a long time ago. UFC Fox 6. He landed a hard kick to the body in the first round, and he ended things with Cowboy. But as I just said, it was a long time ago, and many things have changed. Both of these fighters are battle-tested. They don't go down easy. Like I said earlier, though, it really does come down to Cerrone. Which one is going to show up? Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) This is kind of a rough one to know what's going to happen, but I'm going to go off the... I'm going to go Cerrone here. I'm going to go Cerrone. I'm going to say he wins in the third round. Maybe he taps him out. I think he's going to hurt him with strikes, and he's going to... I think that Pettis is going to gas. He's lost a lot of fights. I know that he's very, very good with the one-shot thing, but... Technically, I think that Cerrone can piece him up. He needs this win. He's going to be desperate. So I'm going Cowboy. Make make your grandma proud and win this, win this one, man. You need it. Now, originally, going to my next fight, I wasn't going to talk about Greg Hardy, but it's part of the it's part of the thing, so I'm going to. Greg Hardy's a piece of trash. But I'm going to talk about Greg Hardy and Jorgen DeCastro. Let me start out by saying that this fight should not be on the main card. Cerrone and Pettis deserve it 100% more. It's not even close. However, I do understand why this is the first thing on the card. This fight will most likely lead to an early finish. Hardy's 5-2, and two, while DeCastro is 6-0. and oh. Hardy is still favored, but largely unproven. He's coming off of a one-sided loss to Alexander Volkov in his last fight, where he was just obliterated. He didn't stand a chance in that one. DeCastro is a much more well-rounded fighter than Hardy. He uses precise leg kicks to chop down his opponents. He possesses one-shot knockout power. You look at him, right? And DeCastro's kind of pudgy. So he's easy to root for. He's your modern-day Roy Nelson, but he's not big compared to Roy Nelson. And uh, now I would normally say DeCastro easy because he's so much more well-rounded. But it's not that easy because... At six foot five, Hardy stands four inches taller than DeCastro. He's got an 80-inch reach, so that's six inches longer than his opponent. It's, I mean, that's hard for skills to make up for. <laughs> so I do ultimately think that DeCastro uses his superior striking as an advantage. I think Hardy's going to come out strong, and unless he lands this huge, massive shot in the first round, I feel he's going to wither under the constant leg kicks and ultimately lose. 
I know a lot of people are thinking this is going to be like a knockout or, 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 or a TKO, and it could be a TKO. But I think this is actually going to go decision. I think these are two big boys, and I don't think that Hardy's going to be able to finish him. I think he's going to hit him with leg kicks and punch him. Either way, DeCastro is going to win this fight. Screw, screw Hardy. <laughs> so then your next one. This is an interesting fight. So Jeremy Stevens versus Calvin Cater. Jeremy Stevens enters this fight at 28 and 17. You look at that and you think that's not that great. But Stevens has split his last six fights. He's coming off of an October loss to Yair Rodriguez. He has heavy hands. Stevens can end things very quickly. 10 of his 19 career knockouts have ended in the first round. So you know that he can just destroy you on the feet. He's a good grappler. He's got solid success with his takedowns, but he does a lot of his best work when he's on the feet and he can unload on his opponent. If you take him down, he is a lot less dangerous. So Calvin Cater enters the fight here with a 20-4 and record. Cater's split his last four fights, though, and he's really got to be careful here. With an opponent like Stevens, I know it's easy to look past a guy like him, but he grinds fights out. This is not going to be a walk in the park. And he needs to get that through his head. He needs to understand that. So Cater, that being said, is polished with his boxing. He sets up his punches well. And he throws with purpose, man. He lands. He's got the power to end things with one shot. So you got to watch out on the feet with him. Cater also has great takedown defense. The fight usually goes wherever he wants it to. So... I think that that's huge, man. I mean, I think that Cater's going to stand with him, which is he shouldn't. He could take him down, but I don't think he's going to. I think they're going to trade. I think that the both of them are going to stand for the majority of this fight. And the question to this one is, who has the advantage in the striking? I give it to Cater pretty easy, unless he falls into the trap of trying to brawl with Stevens. Just you're superior on the feet, man. Just stick and move, hurt him when you got to, get in, get out. I see Stevens being the aggressor like he usually is. I think it's going to turn into a brawl to start, but then Cater is going to keep his composure and he's going to piece him up until he gets a TKO victory. What round? I don't know, man. I'm not Mystic Mac. (laughs) I don't know what round. I guess... It's going to be a war. I'm going to go three because these guys just don't go down easy. So I'll go three. Third round, Cater, TKO. Which brings me to the big boys. Francis Ngannou versus Jair Rosenstrike. Dude, I like you look at Francis Ngannou, that dude could, could punch a Mack truck into the nether realm, right? And Rosenstruck, I don't know if you've watched him at all, but the dude's undefeated, and what he did to Alistar Overeem's face was next level. He he made him look like Freddy Krueger in the lips. So <laughs> I'm telling you. So I don't know how I'm going to contain myself, but I'm going to do my best to try to figure out who's going to win this battle of ginormous people. So... Francis Ngannou enters this fight with a 14-3 and record. So many of those via KO. 
Ngannou's won 10 of his last 12 fights. He's coming off of a June win over Junior Dos Santos. That is no joke. You look at that, impressive. You got Jair Rosenstrike enters. He's going into this fight with 10-0 record. He's won 90% of his fights by knockout. <laughs> so this is going to be Rosenstrike's fifth fight since 2019. He's coming off of a December win over Alistar Overeem, as I just said, where he obliterated his face. Is there any chance that this fight doesn't end in a KO? I got to go to the Vegas books because it's got to be like negative a million, but it's got to end in KO. So I feel Ngannou has fought a who's who in the division. And he's come out on top most of the time. I mean, one of those losses off the top of my head was to stripe Miocic for the title. He actually put Miocic in a little bit of some bad situations, but kept getting taken down and he couldn't handle. He just wasn't ready for that moment yet. So, Jesus. I don't know. (laughs) It's tough, man, because Rosenstrike is unbeaten. I just don't think that he's beat the same caliber of fighters that Ngannou has. I know he knocked out Overeem, but Overeem's not the same guy anymore. Not since he got uppercutted by Ngannou, which was... These two are going to beat the crap out of each other, and I'm going to drink so much beer and love every moment of it. Sports is back. It's back, baby. I have to... You know what? I'm giving the soundbite just because I have to. Victory. It's a victory. This fight is an absolute victory. But just to say this, I think Ngannou is better than Rosenstrike at his own game. I think this stays standing. I think that they are going to just punch each other, and I think Ngannou punches just a little bit harder, and he's going to walk out with a KO within the first two rounds. Just don't see it going any, anything further than that. So I'm going Francis Ngannou. Also, fun fact, with the amount of people that have done the $100 MMA giveaway. My wife, Abby, is the only one that has taken Rosenstrike, which is impressive. And she knew who he was, so that is amazing. Anyway, so going to the, <laughs> going to the next fight, we've got the championship on the line, Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz. What an interesting fight. What an interesting fight we have here. Dominique Cruz enters this fight with a 22-2 and record. Unbelievable. He's won 13 of his last 14 fights. The only problem is he's coming off of a December loss to Cody Garbrandt in 2016. That was his last fight. I have had a fight more recently than Dominique Cruz. <laughs> it's not the same level, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's a long time, man. And we've seen Cruz come from a long layoff, and he's won. He did it against TJ Dillashaw. He's done it a few times, but this is longer than ever before. Meanwhile, Henry Cejudo enters this fight with a 15-2 and record. He has produced knockouts in three of his last five victories, and he's known as the triple champ for a reason. This dude has been going to three different weight classes and making every single person bend the knee, and he's just done fantastic. So I've gone back and forth on this one, though. Cejudo is an Olympic wrestler. 
with great striking. He's been on an absolute tear, but when I look at Cruz, he does so well against smaller opponents. It allows him to find his range and use his weird, unorthodox style of stand-up to his advantage. And it's tough because I look at Cruz and I'm like, you're probably healthy. You're probably walking into here as one of the best Dominic Cruz's we've seen in a long time. You're 22 and two. There's so many reasons for you to come in here and to win this fight. But in the end, you're going to bend the knee. <laughs> you're going to bend the knee to Henry Cejudo. He's going to get, he's going to take you down, Dominique. He's going to ground and pound you. And in the end of the day, you're going to get up. You're going to run around Cejudo in the third round is going to TKO. I'm pretty damn sure about that. And no, I'm not just saying that because he shouted out the podcast. Okay, people. I'm saying that because he's been more active. He's in the prime of his life and Cruz isn't anymore. So Cejudo is going to take him down. But seeing as how I mentioned it, what does Cejudo think about my podcast? What's up, everybody? Triple C here, Olympic champ, flyweight champ, and bantamweight champion of the world. And if you guys ain't listening to big mouth, small words, then you guys can do me a favor. You guys can all bend the knee because it's the latest and greatest podcast. So you guys make sure to pay attention or Triple C is going to be sicked on you. <laughs> the heavy breathing. The heavy breathing is the best part. Oh my god, that guy's great. Um he's he's a good guy, man. That's that's hilarious. So that brings me to the main event of the evening. The interim, which is trash. So take out interim. I'm sorry I even said that. The lightweight championship which currently resides on the shoulder of Tony Ferguson, El Kakui. That's his championship. Khabib can shut up. So that's his championship. And he is defending his belt against Justin Gaethje. What an amazing fight this could be, man. This has all the makings of, of crazy amount of fireworks. But how, how do we get here? The long-awaited clash between Khabib, Nurmagomedov. And Tony Ferguson went off again. It's upsetting because the war of words and the hate between those two, it's so real. Like, you know, when Ken Shamrock fought Tito Ortiz, you knew the hate was real and you could feel it, man. Tony Ferguson really hated him and he hated him back. So you wanted to see that. But Ferguson versus Gaethje is about as solid a replacement fight as you could have. Now, the fact that Tony Ferguson still weighed in on April 18th is absolutely effing crazy. The dude dropped 24 pounds just to make a point. He didn't even need to make that weight. So that alone should have him win this fight. <laughs> but Ferguson is on a 12-fight winning streak. He's defeated top contenders in the process, man. I mean, you got killers like Anthony Pettis. You've got Rafael Dos Anjos. You've got Kevin Lee. You've got Donald Cowboy Cerrone. I mean, Justin Gaethje, he's got, a, he's got his work cut out for him if he's going to beat El Kakui. But he does come into this, Justin Gaethje, that is, 
having destroyed his last three opponents, he just walks people down. He lands massive shots on them. I mean, Gaethje arguably hits the hardest in the division. And Joe Rogan kind of said it best in a sport that is known for violence. Justin Gaethje might be the most violent. That says a lot. But Tony Ferguson may be able to take the most damage and come back. So, like I said, this fight has the makings of being fight of the year, which will be easy because there might not be more fights after this. But these guys are pretty evenly matched. If I was going to give an advantage to either fighter, I think that Ferguson has cardio that's second to none. That's how he beat Cerrone. That's how he beat Dos Anjos. He outlasted them. He broke them down. And, I mean, he's got a solid ground game. I don't think that Gaethje can match him, especially on the ground. On the feet, maybe, but not on the ground. In this fight, I'm taking Ferguson. And I'm taking him because before this three-fight win streak with Justin Gaethje, he was beaten by both Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier. In both those fights, Alvarez and Poirier put the pressure on Gaethje rather than the other way around. And he doesn't like to get bullied. He just doesn't. He likes to be the bully. I think Tony Ferguson is just, even though they match up technically on paper, I think he's just a little bit better at everything. And I think it's going to show. Unless Gaethje can just smash him with a shot early, I think that Tony Ferguson weathers the storm, he pieces him up on the feet, and he probably ends it either a third-round TKO or a fourth-round submission. The only way he would get a submission is if he really hurt him bad and then he dropped him down and, like, got into an armbar or something. But, like I said, I'm thinking either a third-round TKO or a fourth-round submission. I just think Tony Ferguson is just on another level. And I think Gaethje has holes, and I, I do think that I think he's going down. That's it. This fight card is unprecedented, and it's going to be kind of crazy to watch. I'm a little afraid of how the people are going to react to watching this fight card because what you have to understand is a lot of people are used to the spectacle of fighting, the spectacle of the UFC, the crowd. When someone gets hit, the crowd roars, and you, you don't hear uh, a bone snap. You don't hear a guy like gasping for air after he just got knocked out and he's seizuring. You're only going to have cameras. You're going to have it mic'd up. You're going to hear every leg kick. You're going to hear that thud. You're going you're gonna to hear the pain, the wincing. It's just going to be a lot of a different product. And for me and a lot of, a lot of people I know, this is not going to be a problem. But to some people, it might be. I'm a little nervous about that. I'm a little nervous about people watching this and seeing severe knockouts or seeing things. I also want to see how long this fight card is actually going to last as comparative to normally, because I think it's, if you can hear the snaps, I think it's kind of going to move, move, move on. Cause there's really nothing else to do except get them in, get them out and fight and then have it over with. So man, it's going to be crazy. We are in unprecedented times, and it's going to be crazy to watch. Uh, one thing I was excited to ask Forrest about was I want to know what he was going to think about the fighters fighting not in front of a crowd. 
because I look at people like Greg Hardy. He feeds off the crowd, which he's a piece of trash, by the way, but he is uh, a prima donna, and he's not... That's the biggest reason I have him losing against Jorgen DeCastro because he's not a real fighter. He's just a big, strong thug dude, and if he doesn't knock you out quick, he ain't going to do shit. And I think that no one being there is going to be rough for him. I think it's going to help Cerrone that there's no one there because you can just it's just a sparring session for these guys at that point. So, man, I'm telling you, when you know that shit has gotten real is when Nganu knocks out Rosenstrike or when Rosenstrike knocks out Nganu. That, when that thud hits, you'll be able to hear that from the moon. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be crazy. So, yeah, 100th episode. We've made it. Technically, this is one-on-one, but we're calling it 100. And once again, I got to thank everybody for the support. I've got a lot of things in the works. I'm very excited about it. I think this is going to be the start of a really, 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 really big thing for Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. Keep liking, keep sharing, keep caring, and we're going to get through this all together. So thank you very much once again. And if you haven't, go to at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. I've got all the MMA stuff on there. Tag your friends and let's have some fun. Maybe I'll even go live for the fights on Saturday. Everybody stay safe. We'll find out. Love y'all.